Welcome to Loud, Proud and Knackered. Be warned, this podcast contains explicit content. All views and experiences are our own. I am Nadia the lawyer and she is Amber the coach. And collectively, we are loud, proud and knackered. Welcome to Loud, Proud and Knackered. Be warned, this podcast contains explicit content. All views and experiences are our own. Today's small business spotlight is the Clinic Cheshire, the brainchild of Liz Holbrook, a registered practicing NHS nurse and aesthetics clinician. Liz's services are second to none and she delivers on a holistic basis both across her NHS and aesthetic roles. Um, Today we've got Liz Holbrook from the Clinic Cheshire on, our first guest. Hi. Say hi everyone. Hi. Um, I've known Liz now, I don't actually know how many years it is. Uh, Probably, I can't remember when I started, I reckon it's about six, seven years. Yeah. Um, Liz is works in the NHS and also has a clinic called the Clinic Cheshire. And um, can I just set the scene? We're all currently just hiding from the children. Um, <laughs> I'm in the bedroom. I've, I've got them a buffet out, so they've got enough food, and I put a film on, and I'm hiding behind my bed. <laughs> and I think Liz, you're in the car, aren't you? I'm in the car on the drive that's iced up <laughs> with with my brew. <laughs> um, what are you doing, love? Uh, do you know I've got the luxury? It's my morning without the children. How lucky is that? That's nice. I know, but I'm I'm enjoying it. But yeah, normally that would be me. Wait till next episode when I'm in the loo. Yeah. <laughs> um, Liz, do you want to take us through your career and how you started and stuff? Yeah, so um, qualified in 2001, uh, 2004, started my training in 2001 at Stepping Hill, qualified in 2004, then worked on various medical wards, um, had my children, went up through the ranks. As a nurse, and yeah. As a nurse, yeah. Um, and all at Stepping Hill. Could never, ever envisage leaving Stepping Hill. Knew everybody, knew how everything worked. In fact, a psychic, who's quite famous now, um, once told me, she said, you, you wouldn't, you're not going to be there forever. And I thought, no, absolute rubbish. There's not a chance I would ever work anywhere but here. Oh, really? Um, I, I was comfortable. I was in my comfort zone. Mm. Um, and then I one day did a night shift and thought, oh, I can't keep doing these. I can't keep doing them. The kids were all really young. And applied for, just Googled, practice nurse job, Stockport, applied for one and um, took a took a pay cut and went into general practice just because I thought it would be more family friendly. Yeah. Um, apart from the path that it's led to has meant that I'm busier than ever and um, it's probably worked more than I did when I was doing the yeah, night shifts. Yeah. But, and... Um, Obviously, that's where I met you. Um, yeah. Then I sort of digressed and went into GP out of hours. 
um, and then started in medical aesthetics purely to supplement my income and I found it quite interesting. Um, I've always been a bit of a girly girl and it seemed a way of doing something on the beautification side and making myself a bit more money. Yeah. Um, Because as we all know, nursing pay isn't great Um, and I wanted to just try and get myself a bit a, a better life really yeah um so then went off did various different courses and then I think it was 2015 I did medical aesthetics and then I completely left the NHS um, oh, and went, yeah 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 went full-time in medical aesthetics and it sounds really corny but I didn't like it it yeah. was too it wasn't fulfilling just doing that on its own. So then I started locuming. So I, I'm completely self-employed apart from for the GP out of hours, but I'm only bank, so I can, it's sort of like a zero hour contract. So if I want to work, I can work. And if I don't yeah. want to, then I don't have to. Um, and now I just locum in all surgeries locally. And actually for surgeries at the other end of the country as well, remotely at times. Yeah. And obviously then just fit the clinic in around the NHS work. That's amazing. So I think I met you because you vaccinated my children when they were like babies. Yeah, so it must be six years, mustn't it, then with yeah. leave? Yeah. Um, and very nervous mum going in, taking my baby for an injection. I'm not even sure if um, her dad was with me, but um, yeah, I remember that. Met you. And you just you just put me at ease straight away and you were great with Neve and you were great with, with Aaron when I saw Karen in. Um, and then years later, I realised that you'd start, you'd opened up your clinic. Um, but I suppose today we're talking about loads of different things. Um, we're going to talk about all the different treatments that you do, but also what you've found specifically over lockdown and the way that um, women have found struggles with using Zoom all the time, stuff like that. And Amber, you've never had any aesthetics treatment, have you? I haven't myself. It's nothing I've ever considered, to be honest. Because you've got I'm, gorgeous skin, to be well, honest. That's what I, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I've just not given it much thought. But do you know what? Um, it's not because I'm scared of needles or anything. I mean, you can stick a needle anywhere else in my body. I don't mind. But it's just nothing I've ever considered with my face. But a client yesterday on Zoom did make an interesting point before I forget to mention it later. Yeah. You know what you were saying about um, like people's faces? Because they're working out on Zoom. Um, she made a great point where she said normally when we're in the gym I'm not looking at myself and it's made me notice it's made me more aware of what I look like but on a positive note it's made her realize that how much progress she is actually making because she can see herself as she's moving as well so from my job perspective yeah I'd not considered that before either yeah um I've never thought about that Liz you you reckon that too much exercise makes you feel old makes you look old don't you I think that not too much. I think people, uh, it's like anything, isn't it? People get obsessed. They get obsessive about things. And I particularly notice that women in their 40s and their 50s who are runners, Mm. um, when they come to me, they're very thin, ordinarily runners. If if they they do it, you know, continually every day. Um, they're very, very thin. And obviously, unless they're doing 
you're a perfect example actually yeah. you <laughs> uh, and we said but you used to be a lot thinner than what you are now I did I did an awful lot thinner whereas now that you've started obviously weightlifting mm. and using weights you've built muscle mass yeah whereas if you were just running then you wouldn't you wouldn't although you'd be incredibly fit and the endurance side of it is, is incredible yeah. you don't the impact it has on your body physiologically you're not as strong even though you look thin and you look healthy you're not as strong as what you are now yeah yeah um and it does they're outside they're they're outside running in all the elements they don't think to put spf on their face so over a period of time it does it takes its toll yeah yeah and you get like saggy face well i know i got saggy face anyway well it's volume loss isn't it well, yeah it's it's, yeah. it's volume loss it's the fat pads and they lose yeah. volume they and then obviously that creates the sag as people say when they come to me they feel saggy do you think as well it's the impact because like if you if you're regularly running and jumping up and down you've got those little micro micro jiggles haven't you going on in your face do you know what i mean with gravity yeah yeah 100 percent. and it's like you'd get it wouldn't you around your abdomen so you if you weren't yeah. weightlifting um and you were running your abdomen you'd be very thin but the skin is not it's not tight yeah mm. especially um, if you've had children especially if you've had children um it's it's quite interesting really but you you know it's the same as if somebody comes to you and they're 55 and they've smoked 20 to 30 fags a day yeah. You can instantly see it in their skin yeah. with their their the pallor, the the colour, um, you know, they, they get sometimes a greyish feeling. Um so you can see that. So it's the same it's the same with the running. You can tell if people have, have ran for a very long time and they've mm. been exposed to all the elements and then they haven't thought about so I, I always say to my ladies if you're not going to do anything else even if you don't you know want to go down the Botox fillers route then that's absolutely fine yeah but just put SPF on to try and halt the the agent just before you go out running every day mm-hmm. yeah so do you want to just just for everyone's um so it's clear do you just want to run through the main treatments that you do before we go into so it's it's medical aesthetic. So it's for me now. It's very different from the beauty industry. I don't like being connected to the beauty industry, and that's not yeah. because I've got an issue with with the beauty industry. It's it's absolutely fabulous, mm-hmm. but but it is medical. Yeah, you need to look. Botox is a prescription medication, so that has mm-hmm. to be prescribed to that individual, and you have to medically assess whether they're they're able to have it or not. Um and that's then, right isn't it because you have to have a separate vial for everyone so you have to make sure that you order it for that specific person and that's it, why yeah unless you've got, like, you've got a medical director yeah yeah but unless you've got a medical director and then you can have it as stock but you still right. need to clinically assess you wouldn't go into a beauty therapist and ask a beauty therapist to give you uh, amoxicillin because yeah. how would they know that you haven't got a pen you know if you've exactly. got a penicillin allergy mm-hmm. that, that they're connected so, um, yeah, Botox, dermal fillers, replacing for replacing lost volume, tightening and hydrating the skin, and obviously medical-grade skin care yeah. to get the skin healthy and functioning. Yes, yeah, so that... And like with law, where you have different levels of fee earner, so you have trainee, newly qualified, associate, senior associate, legal director, or 
salaried partner and then fixed shared partner and then equity partner. That's an important difference because there are different levels of practitioner out there, aren't there? Yeah, and everybody has to learn and everybody has to grow. And that's the same whether you're in general practice in a hospital. If you sign up to the accountability of being a medical professional, then you've continually got to, you've got to grow, you've got to learn and you've got to keep growing and keep learning because things change. I mean, two years ago, we would have known how to look after someone with COVID. COVID, I know. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't Um, have. Let's talk about that for a bit because you've been on the COVID wards, haven't you? I've not been on the wards, no. Uh, Initially in the first wave, I, um, so I closed the clinic before I had to because right. I could see the way that this was going mm. and I am and will be forever grateful the NHS trained me I didn't have to pay for my training I was given a bursary to be trained and I could see the way it was going so I made the decision that as of the 20th of March that was it I was done mm. and my time was going to be devoted we didn't know where it was going to go I didn't know whether I'd be needed in hospital yeah um, but I had skills that were useful and at that time, I was scared to death. Yeah, um, I bet. I'm not now, but I was then. It was, you know, nobody was going out of the house. Everywhere was dead eerie and quiet, wasn't it? It was, yeah. and you didn't know what you were dealing with. So I was in COVID clinic um, in the GP out of hours. Um, and then, obviously, my to be fair, my GP work... Um, sort of dried up a bit because obviously no one was coming in for smears they stopped everything apart from the baby immunizations pretty yeah. much um so yeah so that's what I did and and I was lucky that I had those transferable skills yeah my business was shut but I just from a financial point of view I just went back to doing what I was trained to do yeah so um yeah it must have been really scary because nobody knew what was happening and it was everyone was learning as they went on weren't they yeah yeah you were just winging it you were just handing out sort of doxycycline and amoxicillin hoping that this post-covid pneumonia eventually would would react Mm. to to the antibiotics and that there was a residual bacterial infection and you'd you'd make people better but the top and bottom was of it was that you, you just didn't know yeah and then I can't remember when we came out of, was it May, June? When did you reopen the clinic? So it was a bit, they let hairdressers reopen. I think, was it the 4th or 5th of July? Mm, that's and right, yeah. the beautician still couldn't open. Um, and at this point, we were a bit like, well, hang on a minute. We aren't beauticians. You've, yeah. you've called upon us for the last four months because you're calling us medical professionals. But now you're putting us in the same category as beauticians. Mm. Um, not that, again, nothing against beauticians. It's it's not about. But but we were like, yeah. we know about infection control. It's instilled in us from day one. We wear PPE. We understand how to clinically assess whether somebody has got signs of COVID or not. And if they they did have, they wouldn't be coming in. Yeah. Um. So it was just part of our everyday practice. So what actually happened with Stockport Council is we got an email, I think it was on the 4th, saying you are not to open. And then they actually said, well, hang on a minute, you are medical professionals. You aren't, be- it's, it's not close contact beauty therapists where, you know, you will adhere. Because we, we're 
governed by the Nursing and Midwifery Council, so we have to adhere right. to all guidelines at all times. Mm-hmm. So then we could open, then Stockport Council said, yep, yeah, you can go ahead. So that was it. So then we stayed open till November. Yeah, that's good. And um, I presume there's a lot of backlog because you had your regulars who had treatments booked and you had to get them in. Um, but then also you'd mentioned to me that you'd seen a change in women's confidence because of Zoom, everyone using Zoom all the time. Oh, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So Amber said on episode two, Amber said that it it was it was almost like a famine or a, or a feast, yeah. wasn't it? It just went mad. Yeah. From, yeah. from a PT perspective. Um, so you probably had it quite similar. Everybody in the first lockdown, they sat at home. The weather was nice. Everyone was eating more, drinking more. People put loads of weight on. Um, so I should imagine that it was the same for you, that everybody then, when they could, thought, oh, yeah, we're going to join the gym. We're going to get fit. Um, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. And everybody's self-confidence took a battering. And when you go on Zooms, you don't talk to the other people on the Zoom. You talk to yourself. You make sure that your hair's fine. You make sure that the background of your house doesn't look bad. Um, <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you know, and it sounds really, really conceited, doesn't it? But you are talking to yourself thinking, oh, my, God, my eyebrows look good or my yeah. eyebrows look bad. It's because we're not used to it. Yeah. We're not used to see, I mean, people are now probably a lot more so. So people were turning up saying, I just look terrible. And they were all wanting consultations. And, you know, it it did. It, it went absolutely bonkers. And I thought that it wouldn't because I thought people would be a lot more risk averse and mm. stop spending the money on on things that they didn't need to. Because there's no two ways about it. We are going to head into a recession. It, well, we're yeah. already in one, but it's yeah. going to get a lot worse before it gets better in people's disposable income. Is going to be very. It's, they're going to prioritise, aren't they? Of course, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it Zoom had a massive, massive effect on people's self confidence, and they did. But don't get me wrong, people came, and if I didn't think they needed treatment or they were being self critical, yeah, I would tell them. And you know, I, I didn't treat some people. I don't, and that's again, that's the medical side of it. It's whether we can. We can spot vulnerability mm-hmm. and ethically we know when it's right or not right to treat. And when you say vulnerability, I presume you mean from a mental standpoint. From a mental health point of view. Yeah. From a, you know, go away, think about it. Here's all, what I say to people is, here's all the facts. These are the products. This is how much it's going to cost because I think people are shocked at the cost because you're not just buying the product. Yeah. You're buying the experience. You're buying the fact that if there is something that goes wrong, because it is risky, there's no two ways about it. There are risks. Um, And you need to be aware of the risks before you sign that consent form because then you're you're making an informed decision. Um, Yeah. So go away, think about it. And then if you still want treatment, you know, then then that's fine. But you have to just have a think. You just have to make sure people have thought it through first. Out of interest, what's the age? What's the minimum age? 18 <laughs> from an insurance point of view. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought... However, 
I mean, I don't treat a lot of young girls. I don't. They can go to um, a lot cheaper places Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to be injected. And nine times out of ten, it's lips. I mean, some of them want this awful masculine type jawline thing that's going on that's a fad um, at the minute. But they can go somewhere, you know, and have three syringes put in the face of Kylie Jenner package or whatever it is for 250 quid. They're not going to be the same treatment with me for that amount of product would be in excess of 600 pounds. They're not going to pay me that. Mm. And that brings us on to what um, Amber, we were talking about the other day. These trends in what to look like which are definitely fueled by social media like Kylie Jenner or mm-hmm. one of the Kardashians or someone and um, I've noticed there is a lot of young girls who are influencers they do look the same and I just find it mortifying in a way that they feel they have to look like that in order to be successful yes no I agree and yeah, they think... the... sorry go on Amber it's the conforming, isn't it? So now when I was, mess- I've messed about this week on Instagram with all the different filters and the face altering ones. Um, and it is the conformity of this is how your lips should be this big, your nose should be this small, your eyebrows yes. should look like this. And it's all very similar features, isn't it, that they're coming out with. Yeah. And they and they, they look, some of them, you look distorted, but then some people look distorted when they have the filler, the cheap filler put in the face. Yeah. They look bizarre. You know, I look at people and I think, oh, my God, you're just shocking. Because you must be able to spot it. Am I laughing, people? It's, do you know what? You shouldn't be able to spot it. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, all right, you can tell. I've had my lips done before and they have been shocking. I look back at pictures. In fact, I was looking back at some yesterday. Um, my mum asked me to send her a picture and my lips, oh, I could see the filler that was crossed over from the vermilion border which is the edge of your lip oh yeah and and it just looked oh shocking but that was product choice me being naive and me not not seeing how i did look i mean i will if i do an instagram story for example i will filter it purely for my own self-worth yeah because what i see i don't always like I'm the same. If I do an Instagram story, I put a filter on. Amber, you're very good at not putting filters on. Oh, but again, we were saying this the other day. There's a difference between a filter as in, like, in photography where you'd make it black and white or sepia or, you know, that kind yeah. of filter. But the the ones where they alter your features were the ones I was picking up. Because <laughs> yeah. I'll sometimes use a filter. Often if I'm on a story, you know, to differentiate between answers if I'm doing, like, a Q&A, but... Yeah. Yeah, there's diff- there's a difference, isn't it, between just a filter and a face altering filter. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well. But then the the filters are used to make your skin look smoother and tighter. So whether they're changing your eye colour, your nose colour, or your lips, we 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 are using a filter to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Mm. Oh, hundred percent. So we are changing our skin. We might not change the size of our lips or the colour of our eyes or the size of our nose, but we're changing the look of our skin. Yeah, that's right, actually, because I think that is my, for me, that's my big thing. Like, I I can't stand my skin without any makeup or filter on it. Um, And I think that might be an age thing, but also I haven't, I used to look after my skin so well, but I just haven't got the funds. Well, she said, I haven't got the funds I feel, disposable funds, to buy the skincare that I would like to buy. 
um at the moment but then having said that there are you know there are cheaper brands out there but I think because I've got that and I had quite bad acne when I was younger I've always had this thing about my skin that that's my um that makes me self-conscious and that's why I use a filter also at the moment I never have makeup on like never yeah I don't need to so it's just easier for me to whack a light filter on if I'm doing a story mm-hmm than to then spend time putting makeup on because I really can't be bothered. Plus, I've not got the time. Yeah. Uh, What's the point? Yeah, exactly. What is the point? (laughs) (laughs) Where am I going? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think I used one less when I used to have to put makeup on every day. But Mine's when I've had no sleep. I'll put one on if I've I've had no sleep, which is more often than not. But, yeah. No one needs to be seeing that in the morning. You see, I use all the expensive skincare, probably ridiculously, because obviously I buy it to try it. Yeah. And I will still look at my face. And nobody is ever... Well, and I'll tell you what, hands off, uh, hats off to you if you are, but I don't feel that anybody is ever 100% happy with what they've got in life. We oh, should yeah. be, and yeah. we should we should celebrate it, but I don't think... And again, it's Instagram. You look at and people have got the best cars, they've got the best houses, the children yeah. look beautiful, and they never have snot coming from the nose or, you know, <laughs> chocolate spread on the face, and the hair's always perfect. And you look at that and you think, oh my god, I'd love to have a life like that. But if that per- that person that's living that life doesn't feel like that, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I saw um, we all seen these memes, aren't we? I'm, I saw this meme the other day that said something like somebody can be completely broke but yet they've bought this rolex watch and they've spent all their money on like five days in dubai and they'll post a photograph with the watch in dubai but then they'll come back and not be able to eat for like three months that's crazy like i know prioritize grow up i know (laughs) i think this pandemic will have stopped will stop a lot of it i think well i think we've got greedy I think we'd got greedy personally. I think going out for tea yeah. was becoming the norm. So I think people did it like once or twice a week. I think it was completely normal to say, oh, we're going out for dinner today. Um, I think takeaways have just become, because people have had the disposable income to do it. People have had the disposable income to go on two, three holidays a year rather than we just used to be happy with one. When I was a kid, we used to have one holiday every year and it was amazing, that holiday. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I'm lucky, lucky if we had one. Well, yeah. and kids were, kids now, they've got iPhones, they've got iPads. My, I know my kids have laptops, you know, yeah. Xboxes. And it's, I think we've all, we're going to have to, because the way the economy is going to be, we're going to have to rein it back in again. I am now so aware of how much I'm spending, like at Sainsbury's, every week. I can tell you that last week it was 170, the week before it was 180. I can't remember the last time I ever took any notice of what I spent on food. Yeah, I'm the same, but then I, for that reason, I only shop at Lidl now. Sometimes Aldi, although I find Aldi expensive now. I think they've whacked the prices up. Um, and for the same reason, because I think what I can reduce, I will. And at the moment, the only thing I feel I can control my spend on is food. Because we're having to buy so much of it. Yes, because the children are eating. <laughs> yeah, they are. I feel oh. like I've gone the other way, though, you know. Um, yeah. Because I'm not out and about. Yeah. I'm working from home like most other people um going back to Aldi and Lidl I use Aldi and Lidl skincare as well 
Yes, I do. I use Aldi. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? But um, yeah, other than food that I have to do now a, a twice weekly food shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're not because I suppose we're not doing, we're not going out like you know we're not going on day trips, especially in full lockdown. Yeah. So I think I'm spending less. I mean, yeah, I'm terrible on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon is a big thing, and also just keeping the children entertained. Like, I think I probably spent. 60 quid on this week just on random things like a glow they wanted a glow blanket that glowed in the dark and then a different light for the room well i don't think in normal times they'd be worried about that because we won't be at home enough yeah 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 yeah. that's it um liz you were saying um something interesting the other day as well that you're how you explain what you do to the kids you've always been very open with the children yeah I feel that as a child I was wrapped in cotton wool quite a bit um I never heard my mum and dad argue there was never any money worries not because we were minted just because it was never discussed my dad went to work my dad paid the bills my mum had small part-time jobs um and so when I entered the real world I was like I, I couldn't cope yeah. So small little things that had happened, like my car, my car got nicked once from by the three bed. It was huge. It was, and I was so dramatic because of it because I couldn't cope with it. Um. So I always made the decision that when I had children, they'd be exposed to reality. So I, you know, every when our grandparents, Mark and I, if we've lost our grandparents, my kids from being three have been to the funerals with us. I mean, Jessica at one of them, I remember vividly are doing Ford Rolls at Stockport Creme um, <laughs> in front of the coffin. And I just thought, you know what? Um, and so whereas with what I do, my sister's very, she's different. My sister, like, probably doesn't tell her, her daughters what I do. They often ask me, and I just say, oh, I, I, you know, they know I'm a nurse, but I just, they know I go into, they think it's beauty, I think. Whereas my girls are, you know, they've been on my portable couch and pretended to check Botox into each other's faces. <laughs> and they don't understand, like, Holly might understand a bit more now. But I'm just getting, and Holly comes out of school and goes, Mum, I think this such a body's had her lips done. <laughs> and then I go to parents' evening and I meet this teacher and they're like, so straight A that they wouldn't have ever had a lip. And I'm like, Holly, oh, she's definitely not had her lips done. I think she was only in year four as well when she had that teacher. <laughs> um, but I just think if you tell them and you, it, it's not a shock. So it's not yeah. a massive thing. It's like if you stop your kids, to me, if you stop your kids and, try and stop them going to the cupboard to make their own choice as to whether they want a packet of crisps, a Kit Kat or a piece of fruit. Yeah. Then when they get to the age of being able to make, to be accountable for their own decisions, they're going to want more of what they're not allowed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on dry Jan, you want a drink every night. Whereas if you're not doing dry Jan, you'd probably be all right Monday to Friday, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, under normal circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just honest yeah, that, with them and I tell them that things yeah. are filtered and I tell them that, you know, they don't need to look this way. And, uh, you know, I just... that's a nice approach, actually. I mean, my mum and dad were like that with me with things like death and illness. Like they always told me the truth. I think like yours, I was I went to funerals from when I was very young. Um, but I know of other family members who like have never actually been to a funeral and they're what they're now like 30. Um, I don't know how they've managed that at all, but um I do think it's important to be transparent with the kids. But I think also you're right about the filter thing. 
um because Neve's now started looking at Instagram with me I mean we mainly look at cakes but you know there's other stuff that comes up and I do think oh she's going to see all these images soon um and because she wants a phone and that'll happen in the next few years probably and obviously that'll she won't be on stuff like that to start with but it's more that I suppose if you are transparent with them then they know the reality of it that that's not actually real yeah, and yeah. The, it's the same with weight, isn't it? Like, Amber, you yeah. must see it all the time. Yeah. The, the, it's, it, it petrifies me with the good. And with Josh, in fairness, Josh is now 14. And he's starting to, I want to get ripped, Mum. I think yeah. there's more pressure on boys these days. <clears throat> Can you buy me protein yeah. powder? Well, that's all right, son. Yeah, I'll buy you protein powder, but then you're not going to have a fried egg, egg butty after it. It's... <laughs> Yeah. it's they, they it's so there's so much pressure on him as as young people yeah my boy we've been doing that recently especially since lockdown and they did gain a bit of weight because they've gone from doing x amount of steps a day around school to nothing and all there was all the, all there was to do was eat yeah an so, xbox but then an xbox but then also it's coincided with this year last year where they've all hit puberty yeah and they were growing at, at a rate anyway so they couldn't understand why they were getting heavier. So I'm explaining now that you're you can't fight against the weight going on because your bones are getting more dense and you're laying down more muscle. But there's nothing you can do about that. So it's just a, even though it's my job, I've still had to really explain to them like, you know, energy input and output and the difference between weight and body composition and all that kind of thing as well. So yeah, it affects boys as much as girls. I think. I think these days it's massive. And and do you know what that's. Because I've always had an issue with my weight and I yo-yo, I, I'm terrible. I'm so, so, I'm, I'm awful. I'm absolutely terrible. I'm never, I've never, all I've ever wanted to do is look like what you two look like. But I am so obsessive <laughs> that I'll either starve myself and go to the gym or I'll just eat what I want and just not really do anything. Um, and that's me. So I'm very aware that I don't want my girls to be like that. So I try yeah. not to discuss yeah. Oh yeah, I'm on a diet. Oh, I need to. I've eaten too much today, Mark. I can't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it, it I've got an eating disorder. I know that I have got an issue with food, and I've got an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't ever be anorexic. Yeah. But my relationship with food is not good. That's so common. And also, out of interest, both of you, what? Because I wasn't brought up with an example of a healthy relationship with food yet. Now I have no emotional connection to it if that makes sense yeah so it's interesting that yeah. I've not gone down that path but I don't know if any of you two had like what your examples of relationships with food are like growing up so I'm similar to Liz like I've always had an issue with food um and I've, that's always been my element of control in my life when I felt like mm -hmm. I can't control anything else I can control my food and I think when I got when I was very very unhappy a couple of years ago I massively clung on to that like that was my thing and I felt that as as long as I kept on top of that and I mm -hmm. controlled what was going in my body I could take on the world and I was absolutely fine and in reality I was completely broken um but I don't I, I can't see that that come from me when I've been growing up because my family were all well, maybe it's the maybe it is a little bit my family were all about food was a very sociable thing you all sat down together and it was a big family occasion and you know um it was more of a community thing with food um it was never 
you know, and it was all about taste and, you know, you had a big gathering and it was like a party. Um, and at my grandma's house, there was never just, the, you know, the two of us, it was always a big group of people and she would cook loads of curries and, you know, it would be a big event most days. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I vividly remember, vividly remember being at school and we went through, I think it was in year eight, we were all weighed by the nurse. And I was told that I was overweight and I needed to go on a diet. <gasps> uh, I think I, I must have only been like age 12 or 13. And I vividly remember that. And I remember mum then putting me on a diet. Jeez. I think maybe it probably stemmed from that, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know where mine came from. I, I think I was always, I, I was never fat. When I look back at pictures, I don't ever think as a child I was fat maybe I started to gain puppy fat as they call it when you 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 go to secondary school and you stop playing out on the front and you're not burning the calories so you're not in a a deficit are you you're not you know especially with girls and then I started sort of messing around with smoking and so then I didn't want to exercise because I couldn't breathe and and I remember this is how bad I was at one point I remember Easter I must have been 12 or 13. I hoovered up my Easter eggs and my mum thought I'd eaten them. Wow. So there's loads of weird stuff. But I remember as a kid going, getting two packets of crisps and putting one packet into another packet. So my mum only thought I'd have one packet when really I wanted two. So I've always had a really bad relate, and I and I openly tell patients about that because I have to sit there and discuss diet and lifestyle because of the impact it has on their cholesterol. And yeah. I have to say to them, look, I'm not perfect. I, yeah. you know, I'm not perfect. For me, it's a famine or a feast. I either eat dead healthily and I'm aware of it or I just binge. And you'll notice I'll I'll lose 10 kilos. So one one month I'll be 10 kilos lighter than I will be the next month. So I'm yeah. just really aware of not going on about it in front of the girls. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I've only had a good relationship with food in the last probably... 10 years but up until then I was very probably similar as a as an, a teenager definitely I just when I, I always say this to you Nads that the thing for me with Nadia was when she was very very slim when I first met her I sort of thought oh and I, she was this corporate lady that came in and I and she was almost standoffish and then when I met her again, she was very thin and she was really, really... And I think that's when we really connected, Nads. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I said to her, and she'd started doing the curly girl method, and that was the first part of her journey. She was still very slim. You were still really controlling what you were eating. You were eating virtually nothing. Were, yeah. you, were you having cup of soups at one point? Yeah I, was, I was on, yeah, I was on very, very little food. Yeah, and you were <laughs> tiny. And you started doing the curly girl method. And and that then sparked your, you just had no self-confidence. So it wasn't, you were a bubbly, naturally bubbly, vibrant sort of person. But I think you went through a period of your life where you were so unhappy. Yeah. That the weight thing was was your way of controlling the unhappiness. Mm, That's really common as well. Oh, it definitely was, yeah. Like I said, it was the only thing I felt I could control. Um, and it used to panic me, eating. Um, and obviously, looking back, I clearly had an eating thing, but I would never have acknowledged it. No. 
but the, the, I always say this to you as well like your the journey you have been on in the last two years and I know it's been hard but this whole you're physically and mentally like a different person that that than I first met six years ago yeah and that's me speaking mm. as a nurse as your nurse yeah yeah um it's 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 remarkable to have watched the journey yeah no it's, it is because <laughs> and funnily enough I actually um I weigh my food more now I know that sounds mad but um, Amber does the same just because of what like when we go when we do our weightlifting and stuff um but it's because I now understand also that the makeup of food and what you know proteins and carbohydrates do and I have more knowledge in that area for some reason it makes me feel more comfortable and I feel like I can eat more yeah and you're more confident with it yeah confident yeah that's what it is have more insight into it um but then yeah like going back to because then I because obviously I knew through you being a nurse but then also through the clinic so I went and saw this because I've never ever been happy about my lips I've always thought they're so thin and I never really liked them um and I've been thinking about it for years and I never really had the confidence to go and get a consultation because I was like oh I'm not sure and also I was told it was ridiculous if I did and I didn't need to um etc um but then when I did I think that to be honest it did give me a load of confidence having my lips done it really did and I know like it's really natural but that's what I want and that little bit has just made me I don't know. I suppose it's not. It's, it's a very small amount in the bigger picture, if you see what I mean, but it has added to it in terms of self-confidence. That's what that's what I'm saying. When the Zoom, this Zoom thing came about with, you know, patients were... And I mean, the thing is, it was so busy, like we discussed before, Amber, that it was a famineurophy. So we went mm. from absolutely probably earning nothing through the business to then turning over a vast amount of money. But then when you look at how many times we've been shut down, the, the money that you've made, you think, oh, yeah, I've smashed it this month. But then when you divide it by the five months yeah. we've been in lockdown, yeah, you actually that. haven't. Your turnover's not that great. But um, people, like, would cry. Like, one woman, she sat up and she just... And she was so... She was such a quiet, meek, mild, lovely person that was absolutely beautiful. And... I did it and I put the five syringes in her face and she sat up and she cried and I actually hugged her and I said and because that was my natural reaction because I'd hug a patient yeah. if they were crying whether I was in general practice or in the clinic I'm not the most professional um of nurses in that respect yeah but sometimes it's needed and then I thought oh my god COVID you're not supposed to hug people <laughs> <laughs> I'm hugging this woman because she's crying bless her about the, and, it, and I just thought I can't believe that she is sat at home for six months feeling so low yeah and just half an hour of just having this done and, and the results aren't in they are instant in some respects and you can see them straight away but they get better over time yeah yeah. And I just thought, and that's why it's medical, because I've assessed yeah. you, I've made sure that you're safe to have it. I've placed the product so well that it's so natural. And look at the impact it's had. That's wow. amazing, isn't it? That's really amazing. So that's why, that's why I just love it. Yeah. And that's the reason. And I mean, she must feel like 100% better yeah and you know she's messaged me and she even gave permission for me to share it on the social media platforms which I'm always funny about asking people 
because a lot of people yeah. like to keep it private yeah um yeah well they do don't because they? they don't because it's still i think it's still frowned upon by a few people and therefore people are judged if they have botox yeah. and fillers they're judged definitely um by certain people and sorry go on go on no, 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 no. i was gonna say i considered it once botox for migraines because i read that um it would help but i don't know i can't remember where i saw it um does it help with migraines yeah. so botox is it's a muscle relaxant so it's only actually licensed um aesthetically in between the eyebrows um but it is like oh, i really? say yeah so people like kids with cerebral palsy have botox put in their legs to stop the muscle spasms and the pain we inject it into bladders um to stop bladder spasm yeah i've heard of that um and in big doses it's actually lethal Mm. um so it's got to be botox i mean botox injected by a medical practitioner that knows what they're doing you still get it goes wrong you know Mm -hmm. some people Mm -hmm. react differently to it some people need a much higher dose than they can get and this is the other issue i'm having that when you have botox this is massive at the minute when you first treat someone with botox you don't know the exact dose that they're going to require so they have to come back the problem is so they pay you their money and then they're reviewing their top up is part of that treatment Mm-hmm. And then once you've treated them a few times, it's like with your lips now, for example, I know how much exactly what dose yeah. to put in and what you'd like and how not to go too far. Yeah. Um, and then we get closed down. So then you've got people that are really, really hacked off because they've paid you the money and their treatment because they perhaps needed a higher dose, but you have to treat risk adversely. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, oh. Um, but yeah, Botox can be used for migraines. It, it can be used for all sorts. It's actually... The diversity now of medical aesthetics and where you can place filler and what you can do. I mean, some of the non-surgical rhinoplasties that can be done with the noses. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Very, very dangerous area to treat. Is it? Yeah. Because your main facial arteries are within the area. And if you occlude one of them, you you risk... uh, but, But again, if done... People have to, one, accept the risk and be informed of it. But two amazing results i've seen people cry because the noses are massive aren't they? not yeah. not literally i mean if you don't like you your mean. nose yeah. it is a massive thing for somebody yeah it is and that's definitely life-changing i know a few people have had their noses done the traditional way um and it's absolutely can, the transformation and the confidence is amazing yeah yeah, and most of them, it's I think it's because they've had an injury when they were younger that they didn't realise, and they basically lived with a broken nose. Yeah, it's it's if you if you're drawn to it and you are sort of um, if it, if it lowers your confidence, they're making poli- it, the changes you can make if they help you. It's it's only a positive thing, isn't it? Yeah, but you've just got to be careful that people don't go too far. Of course, and that's the problem nowadays. That's what's happening, especially with the with it you being able to access it slightly cheaper on the market for the younger generation. They're just having the latest trend and that trend will change and um, you know, it isn't easy to sometimes I mean you can dissolve filler, can't you? 
You can, but the problem is that once they go and they've had three mils put in their lips because they've had absolutely no lips, and then they have a mill and it sort of naturally enhances it, and then they want another mill, and then they end up with these whacking great big lips that are dead hard and look like two rubber dinghies on their face. <laughs> but if you were to dissolve it or if it breaks down naturally, I mean, it'd take an awful long time, the, the cheap filler that some of them use to break down naturally. Trying to dissolve it with the highlights is hard enough. Yeah. But then the skin's stretched. Yeah. So they're aging themselves because they're going to have volume loss before they've naturally developed volume loss. Yeah, I understand, yeah. Yeah. They probably don't. They probably not had that explained either, I would imagine. No, they just go in and, you know. I mean, there was a there was a thing, botched Botox, and it was actually a girl that's quite local to here um, that was caught by the BBC. So they literally walked in to a salon quite local um, and... The woman, the girl, obviously hadn't, she'd not seen a prescriber. So the beautician was about to administer the Botox. And the um, beautician that was doing it hadn't asked her if she was pregnant or not, which is, to be fair, pregnancy and breastfeeding is one of the only contraindications to having Botox. Right. And um, the, the reporter who was like filming her said, uh, Have you, uh, it's okay to have this when I'm pregnant, isn't it? And she went, Oh, no, you can't have it. But she, one, hadn't. She did not followed any of the guidance. She just bought, yeah. bought. I don't even know where they get the products from because the pharmacies won't sell it usually, um, unless the dodgy pharmacies that are just out to make a buck. But yeah, it's 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 scary, and there that that's the problem with. But the, the, at the same time, there's some beauticians that are extremely knowledgeable that yeah. have gone and done all the anatomy and physiology of the face, and are actually quite artistic as well. Yeah. So they get good results. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Is that yeah. because it goes into your bloodstream? And what are the risks if you do have it done if you're pregnant? Well, nobody, nobody would know because it's called the blood, the blood barrier. So it's whether whatever medication you take crosses the placenta, but nobody's going to sit and let them. I suspect there is some, and there'll be medical professionals that will, will treat pregnant women. And I look at celebrities and I think, there's not a chance you've not had Botox while you're pregnant. But as a health mm. professional, if that baby was born and there was something wrong with it, what I say to people is, I could not stand up in court, put my hand on my heart and say, the Botox hasn't caused that deformity or that health issue in that child. Yeah. So therefore, I'm not touching you. Come back to me when you are not breastfeeding and you've had your baby and, you know, you're, you're mentally in the right frame of mind yeah. to have it. And that's well, it as well, Amber, because you know this, because of your clients, like mentally, you need to have, I think, anyway, knowing what I was like, you need to have had a substantial period of time after having the baby to be back to making sound decisions. Oh, God, I've had yellow hair after each of mine. <laughs> What's that all about? Just can't even keep my own hairstyle, never mind anything. <laughs> but you're not yourself, are you? Why have you had yellow <laughs> hair? hair like... Because, well, not normally it's long and dark. So me, because, again, it's that trying to control yeah. something, something yeah. that you can control when everything else is uncontrollable. And it was, right, I'll just chop my hair off and bleach it. Like the complete opposite extreme. The hairdresser's like, next time you have a baby, don't touch your hair. <laughs> oh, God. No, I remember giving birth to Jessica, my youngest, 
and I brought her home and the first place I went was on the sunbed. I, d- I delivered her <laughs> on the 24th. Mark picked us up at midday on the 25th from Stepping Hill. I got home, dropped the baby off, got in the car and drove to the five ways and went on the sunbed. <laughs> Because I was fat and I thought that brown fat always looks better than white fat. But it's true, isn't it? It's like, what can you control? Because everything else has gone out of the window. Oh, God. That's hilarious. I can't imagine. I know. Can you imagine? It's just like... Did you have stitches as well? No, not with it. No, she was my third. She fell out, love. <laughs> it's just, you know... But it is, it's just. I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean. Because, Amber, I say to you, don't I? You would be mortified at the stuff I was doing at like probably even four weeks post giving birth. Like, birthdays jumping up and down, skipping, you know, pelvic floor out the window completely. I mean, it's just awful. But you're right, it's because you feel like you've lost yourself. Yeah. You and you've not been able to do those things for so long. I mean, you can yeah. you can exercise, I suppose, during pregnancy if you're fit before, but you feel that, like, you just want to get back on with life, don't you? We don't actually... Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Amber, with five. I feel now that mine are older, that I didn't appreciate them as much as I should when they're younger. Yeah, I have that with the older ones, and yet I'm still wishing... The younger ones will grow up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's easier. Do you know what I mean? So even though I'm aware that you have that hindsight of, oh, because now they're massive, I'm still going, right, well, in a couple of years, it'll get easier. Do you know what I mean? So I'm still wish not wishing it away, but it is. You, know you do I mean? spend your life yeah. wishing it away. And I actually thought with Holly, she's now, she's 11, she won't let me in the bathroom. She's, And I actually thought, oh, my God, it's a year. It's a year in February, beginning of March, since I last bathed Holly. And she was 10, you know, she'd been away with school and stuff. And I said, come on, get in the bath, I'll do your hair and everything. And I sat there and thought about it. It was whilst I was listening to episode two. And I thought, oh, my God, that's the last time I'll ever bath my daughter. And I remember it. But at the time, I didn't know that was the last time I'd ever bath her. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a big, I don't know if it was on um, like a quote or something, but it's it's a real thing where... It's like potty training. You know, when was the last time they wore a nappy? What day is... What, yeah. You don't know which day is going to be the last day of things until it's passed. That's so true, yeah. isn't it? It's so sad. Yeah. It is sad. And then we're getting older. I so think... we all need Botox and fillers and personal trainers. We've got to look at ourselves again. So we all have to hide to do podcasts in cars and bedrooms. <laughs> I can just turn Eve now. She's just got the ukulele out, and I'm thinking that's getting louder and louder. <laughs> I can't hear it. To be fair, it's um, but yeah. So I just think that after this lockdown, I think it'll be very different. I noticed, and I don't know whether you girls were the same. I know you have your nails done, lads, frequently, don't you? Yeah. I noticed that people weren't going back to the nail salons as much. I think the nail salons were yes. quieter. They weren't getting false say, eyelashes. Yeah, I can cope with a lot less now. I know exactly. I know what my core things are, and I know what I can do without. Um, and unfortunately, although I love having my nails done, and I do think it makes me happy, um, I'm just going to reserve it for when I, de- I desperately need them. Do you know what's interesting? This just shows how low maintenance I am. 
but you are <laughs> I never do I, I always do all my own waxing tan nails hair oh my god facials I've always had though but I think again because I had the kids young I've always been not put myself budget wise yeah. first in that sense, yeah if you know what I mean you've never had that age where you've had spare cash and yeah, not, exactly. no children yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah because it does add up yeah it does it, it does. It, you know, you think, oh, it's only thirty quid for my nails, but it's thirty quid every two weeks. Yeah. For, yeah. for fifty-two, what is it? Twenty-six times a year. Yeah. 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 A lot. I, I calculate things in how many, how much coaching I've done that day, and what it equates to. I yeah, calculate exactly. things in lip filler. I justify <laughs> things in lip filler. So if I want, I wanted a pair of Alexandra McQueen's two years ago, and I was like, right, that's just uh, two two lip fillers. So I've just got to get two lip fillers this month. <laughs> I don't think about the tax I've got to pay or anything else. I just think, no. right, yeah, that's only two lip fillers. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it's not just me. I don't do that. Maybe because I can't. It's not as equatable to what I do. But um, no, I just think, I've, okay, that's not justifiable generally because I have two children. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I do it in lip filler. (laughs) (laughs) Sod the kids. Well, we've covered a lot there with regards to, I suppose, confidence and self-worth. You know, if something has a positive impact on your confidence, whether it's exercising five times a week, because people could say about you, why does she need to go to the gym five times a week? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Why does such a body need both? But it's because it helps you. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, it's also as well, like when you say about returning for your top-ups, it's like going to the gym. People go, why'd you go there? Because you're already in shape. And you're like, well, that's how I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? You have to sustain it. You have to maintain it. Yeah. Yeah. And also it gives, that's for you as well, It's something, especially as a mum, I think it's important to have you time as something that you enjoy. But also you're doing something for yourself that is not related to you being a mum. Yeah, that's true. So you maintain an identity, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of women, that was the interesting thing in lockdown as well. A lot of women, their husbands don't know that they have things done. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So loads of women. Is that because the husbands aren't particularly paying attention or are they consciously... I think some women, it's because their husbands are the main breadwinners, especially within this area. Um, mm. their husbands earn the majority of the money, uh, they might not work. So then they feel that it's an extravagance. So they'll go to Waitrose and get cash back and then siphon the money off that way. Wow. Um, and then another thing is that husbands will say, um, well, why are you putting all that in your face? And they'll judge them. So they think it's easier, mm. even though they've got their own money to pay for it, that it's easier for them not to to tell yeah, them because 100%. they can't be bothered. Because of the reaction that they'll get. Yeah, Mark says to me, why do you put all that shit in your face? And I'm like, well, I'd love to know what I'd look like without this shit in my face. And two, it gives you a nice life, love, so shut up. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) who do you think paid for your 40th in Mexico last year? Me. (laughs) Nat's probably contributed as well. (laughs) I know. You're welcome. Thanks for this cocktail, Nat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no but you know what I mean so it's yeah <laughs> and then I will be honest yeah that's a really good if point. you saw me Amber 
you'd like look at me and probably think you'd train me and I'd do nothing but moan for the whole hour. I just want to kill you. And it's the same with me. Some people come to me and I think there's not much I can do for you. And it's a really difficult situation to be in. As in they don't need stuff or as in it's gone too far like well not, yeah it's not... gone too far they've not looked after the skin or right. what you know that they're, they're overweight the, the hardest ones is when people are obese and the bmi is like <laughs> because because they're fatter their faces mm. are bigger um mm. and then so if you put filler in it yeah. You're going to make it look bigger. It's not going to smooth it out anymore. You're just going to make them look bigger and filler attracts fluid. So then you're going to make them look puffy. But how do you manage that consultation? Saying yeah, to somebody, well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to get you that jawline because it would take 20 mils of filler, which would cost you five grand. And, wow. do you, know, do you yeah. know, it's dead hard, but you can't then say because you're overweight. So what I say, how I usually do it is, have you got any other goals that you want to achieve? And they'll say, well, yeah, I, I want to try and lose a bit of weight. Usually, especially around the menopause, um, they want to try and lose a bit of weight. So I say, well, I'll tell you what, there's no point in us treating you now because if you're going to lose weight, that's going to create more volume loss because you don't yeah. want to rip people off. Ethically and morally, morally, that's not right. So I say, go away, lose your weight. And then once you've lost the weight, we'll have to, we'll replace the volume in your face. Um, Yeah. Because otherwise you take money off them and then you you put the filler in, say in the cheeks, and it doesn't create a lift because you'd need about five mils each side to lift it. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good explanation though, isn't it? Because I don't think most people would think about that or understand that beforehand no and it links back to how they're also perceiving themselves so we held a poll asking people if they had or would have any aesthetic work done and the poll came back with a large percentage of people saying they yes they would they have and they would be honest about it um so going back to talking about people not really being upfront about having treatment according to our poll everybody answered yes they would be and have been totally honest about the work they've had done the other questions we asked were would you consider having work done and the answers we've come out with here are yes i haven't had any work done but i often get asked if I have had work done but that's just down to weight training and eating a lot of protein greens and drinking a lot of water I know of a few friends who don't tell their other half like we were saying before with Liz um, because I think they especially if they just want it natural and it's not obvious I think there's still a shame around it don't you yeah, so one of my questions that I asked, that I threw out there was, um, would you be honest or would you consider having it done? And the answers I got here were, someone's put veneers, very judged, but teeth were smashed in an accident. Botox, no, but they're open about it. 
Um, and we've had another one that says, I've had lip fillers as my top lip disappeared with weight loss. Um, they're not me and I'm not them, so they've not had them redone. Uh, 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 another person has put, I've had so much surgery, not on my face, but on my body, and I feel very judged for this. Oh, really? Do you know what? That weight loss thing and the lips, that's exactly one of the reasons I had mine done because my lips were really, really thin to start with and then when I went through that phase of losing all that weight, they just disappeared. Because it is the volume, isn't it? Like Liz said, you just lose the volume. It's the same thing. Um, I don't think I'd be... I think... Do you know what I really want veneers? I really want my teeth doing, but... I don't think I'd feel... That doesn't bother me, you see, for some reason. You've got really lovely teeth. I'm... I think mine, personally, the... Con most conscious I am about my face is my teeth and again I've got one I look a bit like Lloyd Christmas off Dumb and Dumber when I've not got my veneer on no you don't <laughs> well you've not seen it yet <laughs> I just can't imagine <laughs> well I think it's coming to the end of its life the glue's losing stickiness <laughs> it'll be expensive anyway that's cracking me up <laughs> anyway that was a childhood swimming accident where I went to do a handstand and waxed my face in the bottom of the pool. But yeah, but again, anything like that aesthetically, in if you have like an accident, I suppose, that's a big confidence thing, isn't it? Um, do you know what as well? I think it's very common in men now. I know a lot of my um, men friends, men friends? Male, male <laughs> friends, hello. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, what am I doing? Um, sorry. Um, I know a lot of my male friends have had like specifically Botox in their forehead um, because they're so conscious of it and that must be a new thing because obviously Botox wasn't around years ago was it and also I don't think men would have historically admitted to it but especially lockdown one I spoke to three of my male friends who I never even knew had it and they were stressing because they couldn't have the top up. And I was like, this is hilarious. And I should, probably shouldn't have laughed at them, but I did. Um, <laughs> so that surprised me, to be honest, because I didn't think that men really were bothered about stuff like that. I've seen more on, uh, particularly, like, friends who have salons who do aesthetics. Um, more like male lip fillers as well, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure how I'd personally feel if a man had had more work done on the face than I have. Yeah. I don't know if that's... I mean, it obviously depends on the personality, but I don't know. That's not something I'd actually considered. Um, someone else has put here that at one point they had had work done, but they, they've got it all removed. That's interesting. Um, yeah, somebody because you can, um, you can get filler dissolved, can't you? I mean, Botox goes after a few weeks anyway, but you need to actually get filler reversed in a way dissolved, so... Past though, wasn't it? Yeah, I think this is why it worries me. Like I was saying about justifying the cost with yeah, so many yeah. kids, I don't think I can justify anything. No, I agree with you. You've got to be careful as well. And uh, somebody else has put um, they would like to have Botox, but would need to know the best place to have it and also how long it lasts. So yeah, it's definitely worth doing your research um, before you have it done. Where to have it done? What you what treatment suits you the best as well what what's best prescribed to you as Liz was saying um what you need doing if anything 
I know um, I'm biased because I've been to Liz, but I would really recommend having consultation. I mean, Liz is available for that, but anyone sort of good and willing, you know, wanting to put in the effort and going to be honest with you, would want a consultation with you in the first place anyway. So it's probably worth going to a couple to see what they say, you know, how they do it, how they would treat you, um, what the price is, etc., um, what the follow-up deal is, um, just to get to know really what what you think you want yeah that's really good advice because i've got no experience of this whatsoever so it's good to have that first hand um feedback and experience as well but obviously there are some bad experiences out there that's why they make that what's that tv show called that they make oh, yeah. um, botched bodies botched something yeah so yeah definitely worth doing your research first absolutely with regard to filters, there are a lot of people agreeing here about the filters that alter your face shape. So the ones that make your eyes bigger, nose smaller, lips plumper. Um, it does mess with people's minds and it's the reality when you look in the mirror as opposed to your filtered face, obviously it's going to be different. Um, your confidence. If filters are colour grading or something, we were saying, weren't we, like there's a difference between a f- photography filter... Yeah. And a face-altering filter. They're two very different things, in my opinion, anyway. They are. And I'm being completely honest. I actually prefer... I I have one that I use all the time, which people blatantly will notice, because it's quite subtle, but it does slightly enhance my lips. And it just makes my skin smoother. And I know it alters my face but I just especially if I'm not wearing any makeup I just prefer to use it and that's probably that's a real shame really but I mean you know it's easy it's quick and I don't have to bother putting makeup on that's my theory anyway yeah I will sometimes use them but then I will make a point if I haven't used one to make a big song and dance that I haven't filtered this video or this picture but saying that it's usually in a pretty good light anyway so it depends I mean it depends on, on your level of how comfortable you are with putting yourself out there doesn't it I suppose yeah uh, yeah you're right it depends what mood i'm in like sometimes if i'm in a really bolshy mood i'm like i don't need a filter on this i've got some makeup on i've got good lighting you know but then i don't know then sometimes i'm like absolutely no chance i'm not putting a filter on um yeah it's a self-confidence thing but i think like with anything you go through ups and downs with that anyway but i'm just thinking that maybe society is now making us think that unless you're looking absolutely perfect you shouldn't be posting anything or putting a photograph up which is just really sad yeah agreed bolshy i love that word bolshy. it sounds how it is yeah we also had some feedback from a guy uh from a guy's perspective um on women using filters in their experience and it says that they don't think the filters themselves are altering the self-confidence they think it's just the fact that women use them to attract men initially sometimes without making it obvious so we're talking about these subtle filters um that sort of smooth your skin out or maybe plump up your lips a tiny bit but they're not always obvious uh they think that um what happens is guys meet them and they don't look like their pictures. So that when they say, oh, you don't look how I, I thought you would, or, you know, words to that effect, then it makes the 
people who've used the filters feel like they should look like their filtered self, which is why they then get work done. Um, but then the more you do have done, the more you feel like you need to have done, if that makes sense. Also, anecdotally, I have met people in real life myself where they don't look on the flip side so obviously I'm female if I've met a guy who has heavily filtered their pictures so much that they don't look like they they do on the picture in person but also it's made them look very feminine on the photo because a lot of these filters feminize the features a lot more but also because of my job and it, it my job is obviously I know what proportions muscle balance should be on a body as part of my job and they had clearly augmented their biceps using facetune for example so personally that was a massive turn off for me the fact that they felt that they had to alter their picture so much if they'd have just been more true to real life then it wouldn't have been a an issue thanks for listening Tune in next time for more opinions, stories and special guests.